Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of season four. If you've just joined, I'm Robin of Out of Tired Witch Everywhere, <laughs> and I'm joined by the beautiful Maria of Maria the Arcane Everywhere. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, hello. And later this episode, we are going to be joined by the wonderful Rachel Henderson to talk about like home and hearth witchery. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazing guest. Amazing. A great Amazing. chat. <laughs> <laughs> but 12 out of 10. We <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was a very, very enjoyable chat. But we will also be having classes taught the next couple months that we do want to go over because they're very exciting. And they're taught by really knowledgeable people, just like Rachel. But anyways, so this month we have a class on working with crystals taught by Nicholas Pearson, and that will be on November 26th of this month at 11 a.m. PST. Which is so exciting. Yeah, very (laughs) exciting. Like, if you want to know ethics of crystals and working with them and all that, like... Nicholas is the guy. Yeah, (laughs) the dude. (laughs) (laughs) And then we are very excited to announce that we will be having... a tea magic class next month. Um, this will be taught by S.M. Harlow, who just released a book on tea magic. And that will be on December 20th at 11 a.m. PST as well. Mm-hmm. So then, excited. Yeah, very excited for that class. And then we also have a voicemail set up for our coffee talks where you can Tell us like your ghost stories or witchy stories with your voice and we mm-hmm. will air it on our coffee talks. Emails so, are still an option. Yes, for the emails record. are still an option. We can still read off stories and stuff like that. So if it's not your thing to speak out loud, like if I get you want to tell us a story. <laughs> no, yeah. We love it. It's just giving you variety. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm giving you options. But the number to that is 351-207- 0799. So, yes. yeah, give us a voice too, and I'm so excited to listen to them. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm just so jazzed. It's going to be so fun. If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about upcoming, upcoming, <laughs> upcoming <laughs> phases. And now you can utilize those in your magical practice. So that being said, the closest big lunar phase <laughs> um, from this episode comes out is going to be on November 27th. It is the full moon in Gemini. And full moons in Gemini are really great for working on things like our friendship, how we network with others, and just really big ambitions for the future. Mm-hmm. I personally find this like particular full moon to be a good one if you are somebody who is on like the cusp of starting a new business career um you know we talk about things like networking in terms of getting jobs connecting with other people in jobs so that way we can advance our career etc this is a really good time to focus on that kind of communication and networking simultaneously if you've had any 
issues when it comes to friendship, whether that's making new friends because you've moved to a new place, Mm -hmm. um, communication issues with friends that you already have, or even just strengthening bonds that are fine, but you just want to, you know, give them a little boost. This full moon is a really good time for that. Uh, It's a great time to squash drama with friend groups (laughs) and just really put ourselves to be heard. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally would do spell work on being heard the way I intend to be heard Mm -hmm. uh, and go from there. (laughs) What about you? So like I wrote on our like monthly outlook thing that how this would be also a great time to like amplify your energy since Gemini Mm. does seem to be a very active like air sign and maybe stepping you know while we are slowing down there are still things we need to wrap up and finish before we go into total hibernation hibernation. (laughs) yeah so kind of like stepping into your energetic twin for like a little bit period of time and actually i did like a whole ritual for that for the monthly outlook so if you're on our discord you should go and look at it well our patreon and then i also think that you know it's it's the holidays and we're going to mm-hmm. be spending a bunch of time with family friends and stuff like that so mm. cultivating like i didn't even think about that i you know thanksgiving does not cross my brain at all yeah i don't this celebrate right at the same time so. <laughs> yeah we don't either we it's just it's just not us um i'm not here to slander people who do mm-hmm. but it's something we don't choose to do and so i didn't even think about that but this is a really good time for family meetups for thanksgiving so exactly and christmas coming around the corner too yeah and, and like, hanukkah I feel, and all that it's yeah. all happening there's tons of like holiday get-togethers happening right now so like having really good communication going ahead is probably yeah, a really such a good, good idea point. so i think like doing maybe a little communication spell bag and like putting it next to your front door or at your dinner table mm-hmm. or something like that just to kind of help ease conversation and maybe even steer away from the hard stuff because the last thing you want to do is discuss like really hard stuff when you're trying to enjoy like a meal with family or friends so you know i'm also gonna back up maria on this because i just checked to make sure i wasn't being a local crazy girl um but our next full moon is actually happening after christmas um so this would be a really good time to even do prior planning Mm -hmm. yep 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 (laughs) Yeah, so I I don't know. I think it's good. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Okay, so we're on to something new starting now and heading into the new season. Previous seasons, we've went over like individual cards in tarot, and this season we have gone over the whole different sections in tarot, and now we're beginning to talk about the themes in tarot and how they may show up in different cards. I think this will be honestly really great in like teaching everyone how to read tarot or even to broaden how you view certain cards. Robin and I definitely have different opinions on certain cards, (laughs) so you'll get like two different perspectives each time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we won't be able to go over every card that may symbolize a particular theme, but rather we will talk about like three to four cards each that resonate with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But for our first theme, I decided to take inspiration from this being the first one we will explore. So ergo cards that symbolize the theme of new beginnings. 
Now, obviously, you can't talk about the spirit of New Beginnings without mentioning the fool. I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) You have to. You got You got got But (laughs) who symbolizes a fresh new adventure? He has his little knapsack full of past knowledge and is ready to go on this journey with an open heart and mind. He is ever the um, the optimist and joyous in his movements and plans and has yet to be beaten down by the world. (laughs) When reality does strike him, he will learn new lessons to tuck away in his knapsack when he is on his new adventure after the cycle ends. And one of my favorite cards that symbolizes new beginnings is the star card. It is important to look at the previous card to find out why this one might symbolize a new beginning. This card is the tower card before this one, which represents like a major upheaval. Most of the time it happens when we are being flung by the universe towards the right path. And obviously when we go through a tower like moment, while we may feel pretty down on our luck for a little bit, it actually eventually sparks new inspiration, new thoughts, new dreams, and a new beginning that is right for us. And the, journey we are on we are no longer the fool though like we're smarter and we know the path forward with much more surety um and then actually the eight of cups also strikes me as a new beginning type card it comes up when we're like leaving something and we're that we're emotionally attached to behind to go on our own journeys of happiness away from what previously did as a new beginning of exploration of what happiness means uniquely to us when we trust our intuition just because we are emotionally attached to something doesn't mean it will make us happy And then the last and final card. (laughs) Now, while all aces symbolize like new beginnings, um, I picked one of my favorites, which is the Ace of Swords. You know that feeling when you are from um, like are far done about like certain situations in your life, like it's done, done. (laughs) And um, you're done with your current mental health state and all that done quieting your ideas and opinions, the Ace of Swords shows a new beginning in regards to rising to the challenge and being ready to go out and battle for what it is we want. Um, but yeah, how about you, Robin? What are a few well, cards that represent new beginnings for you? One, so I'm going to start with a cliche one, which is death. Um, I knew you were going to do that one. Nice. I love that one just for you. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. <laughs> And death is a forceful new beginning. It is one part of our life completely closing off to us so that way we can start onto a new one. And I think that that's really beautiful and something that, I don't know, um, too many people take for granted. Uh, No, most definitely. I got a two-part one. So first we've got the sun, which is all about new energy, creativity, being this Mm -hmm. retention. Um, When you look at the sun card, you're seeing the sunflowers behind it and a small but joyful new life riding a horse, right? There's Mm -hmm. this new energy and us being the center of that attention, which then goes off to the page of wands. And if you actually look really close, the page is wearing the sun's medal around his neck. And mm-hmm. that always signifies to me that good news is coming soon. And that good news coming soon, of course, is a new start, right? Something exciting, something new. It's mm, the recognition, 
Is that a word? Is that how you say that? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but making our own voice heard and that, you know, we are going to have this opportunity to kind of step up and see what we can have happen with it. And so I always think that those together, like you have the sun, which is this major, right? Which is all about mm-hmm. like us and fresh starts and blossoming things, new energy, new creativity, and then kind of that same energy being brought into a page where pages are, I don't know, the the bringers of messages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so yeah. I just think that the, that that pairing is really nice. I like that pairing. That's yeah. a good, those are good choices. <laughs> Thank I you. love those choices. I'm glad that you allowed me to be cliche too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think there's so many cards that can be depicted as new beginnings in tarot, but um, I really think the ones that we spoke about are the ones that, like, I don't know, deeply resonate with us. Yeah. 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 So today we're joined by a very special guest. We figured we'd talk about kind of like cozy stuff this episode with someone who knows a lot about cozy and like home and hearth witchery, which you guys know I am all about. So today we are joined by Rachel Henderson. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, your practice, how you started witchcraft and where you are now. Hello, uh, thank you for having me today. Um, My name is Rachel Henderson. I am the author of several books and have several articles in various Llewellyn publishing um, anthologies. And I am, I like to call myself a witch crafter. uh, I love that. (laughs) Which um, means that I do a lot of my uh, witchery is uh, craft-based, I have a book that my first book was um, So Witchy, which is a magical sewing book. And my third book, uh, which is coming out December 8th, is called The Natural Home Will of the Year. And it's all about crafting and cooking and decorating for the various Sabbaths. Um, So that's kind of where my practice is now. Uh, Where I started off is um, I was raised Baptist and I, uh, when I went to college, that kind of fell away and I spent a few years just kind of thinking that I was probably an atheist or an agnostic. And then the, um, I think I did what a lot of people my generation did, Gen X, is uh, discovered paganism and wicca and witchcraft via cunningham mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you, you you found the you know living wicca on the shelf at barnes and noble <laughs> and was like like oh huh there's other stuff out there um i didn't stay in wicca for very long uh i kind of just call myself a pagan now and a witch um but that was kind of my my introduction to witchcraft and to paganism and right now I work with Hestia who is the Greek goddess of the hearth mm-hmm. and um, I just I'm really into um, domestic magic home magic um, a little bit of kitchen witchery but that's not really my primary focus mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's all for me it's all about the home sphere 
and making it a welcoming and comfortable and loving space, uh, especially in today's society. <laughs> yeah, our our home space is like very important, especially. It really is, and yeah. I think it's massively underrated, mm-hmm. like how quintessential that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, going off of the goddess Hestia, can you tell us a little bit about her mythology and what drew you to her? Oh yeah. Um. So there's not a lot written about Hestia. Uh, she is the goddess of the hearth and uh, was also a uh, goddess of the state. So officials in ancient Greece would make their oaths on uh, for office to Hestia. Hmm. Um. She is called the first and the last because when. Um, she's the daughter of Rhea and Kronos and Kronos uh, had heard that he was going to be overthrown by one of his children so when uh, Rhea started having children he started eating them so he started off with Hestia <laughs> ate her first then Delicious. ate all of her siblings yeah rather than like you know being like how do I get around this prophecy maybe I should just be a better dad he's like oh, I'll eat my kids um, classic man am I right <laughs> and Greek mythology like. yeah that's for the course um so that continued until Rhea had uh Zeus and what she did is she gave Kronos um just a stone a swaddled stone and he ate that down because again I mean who great dad yeah um (laughs) and so when Zeus grew up he then proceeded to overthrow Kronos and in the in that uh in doing so he forced Kronos to vomit up all of his children so the last one to emerge was Hestia because she was the first to be eaten and so that's where we get this idea of her being the first and the last I like imaging, uh, imaging, imagining that he like dislocates his jaw and just like (laughs) swallows them whole like a snake. Yep. Uh, Yeah, that's how I envision it as well, is just, you know, gulp, gulp, gulp. And um, so that there's not a lot of mythology about Hestia. Um, There's like... Because she was in somebody's stomach most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) There's some hymns about her, uh, but for the most part, she is just kind of, for the longest time, uh, kind of the supporting uh, Mm -hmm. background goddess. And what drew me to her is at the time when I first became aware of her back in like 1999, uh, I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So I was not uh I was not safe in my own home. Yeah. And I read this and all I got was this just little tiny paragraph in uh Patricia Telesco's 365 Goddess. And it's just this tiny paragraph about this goddess of the home, which mm-hmm. I had not seen anywhere. I'm like goddesses, you have goddesses of sexuality and of beauty and mm-hmm. uh, marriage and love and uh, the hunt. But I hadn't ever come across one that was just for the home. Mm-hmm. And that seriously spoke to me uh, as someone who was just not safe or comfortable in her own home and was mm-hmm. missing that like... Uh, Maslow's the first pillar of Maslow's pyramid hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. uh, that just really spoke to me I was like oh yeah someone that I can talk to and be like I am not 
comfortable here. Uh, that just really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And luckily, if you want more information on Hestia, I mean, you wrote a whole book about yes. like working with her. So it's, it's not true. like a little tiny paragraph anymore. It's true. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, that's my second book. It's uh, The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary, Working Domestic Magic with Hestia. And that book was written... Uh, precisely because Hestia came to me and said, hey, I want you to write a book Aww. about me. And I was like, okay, yes, absolutely. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone wanted to start working with Hestia, where do you recommend that they start? Um, honestly, uh, since, you know, obviously I would say start with my book, but um, beyond that, I would say to work on some meditation um, work on some reaching out to her because the one thing about Hestia, the fact that there isn't a lot written about her, especially primary source material, mm-hmm. um, that creates a situation where you have a much more personal relationship with her because you kind of have to do some of the heavy lifting. There's not like this handy uh, table of correspondences and symbols and associations that you mm-hmm. can turn to. Mm-hmm. So um, I always recommend that people. Um, do a little meditation, do some divination or some journaling to reach out to her and say, hey, um, how do you want this conversation to go? What, how should I communicate with you? And that leads to people coming up with their own associations and their own uh, correspondences and their own way of speaking to her. And that's perfectly okay. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think people sometimes get caught up on this idea of the proper way to work with deity. Mm-hmm. And um, Especially People with are Hest- very rule bound, very very rule bound. Yes, <laughs> and that just comes from this desire to, you know, have authority tell Absolutely. you what to do. And the funny thing is, uh, Hestia is totally not about authority. Um, mm-hmm. One of the the few things we know about her is when Apollo and Poseidon both said, "We want to marry you." Hestia said, "No," and then <laughs> she put her hand on Zeus's head and said, "I'm going to remain a maiden and unmarried." Mm-hmm. And Zeus was like. Okay. Um, So she enacted her will upon the king of the gods of the Greek pantheon and said no. Uh, So she is very much not about authority coming from outside or from someone supposedly higher, but from coming in from the inside. Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) That's perfect for like home and hearth stuff. Absolutely. So using her energy and or witchcraft, what are some tips for creating a cozy home um, while we head into a season that's basically all about being in your home? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's cold out there. (laughs) It it is. It is getting cold out there. Um, The very first thing I would recommend is a good household clean. I know that we Mm. tend to emphasize spring cleanings, but when you're coming into winter, um, you don't want to sit in an environment that is energetically um, dirty. Stale. Um, Stale. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Stale. Mm -hmm. Um, So opening up the windows, letting that air rush through, um, doing a, you know, do a a mystical floor sweep. Uh, I like to put down some salt with like some juniper berries, some pine. Mm. um, Yes. (laughs) And let that sit for a minute or two and then sweep it up. And then as you're sweeping up the dirt, you're also sweeping up that uh, stale energy that you can then dispose of. Um, I feel like if you do uh, house blessing to bring in 
those the energies that you want when you're kind of hunkered down so those of comfort and of warmth of safety especially when the colder months you're going to have things like colds and flu coming in Mm -hmm. Um, I like to use wreaths for that so you hang a wreath on your front door and you energetically charge that with uh, and like anoint it with some oils Uh, I tend to use rosemary so Mm -hmm. I have an anointing oil that's uh, olive oil and rosemary that I will then dab on my wreath Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. to then charge it and put it say okay your job is to keep uh, anything that is harmful out of this house out of this home Um, stuff like that where you're just uh Along with getting your blankets together and fluffing your pillows, um, wash all your linens with, um, again, maybe a couple of drops of rosemary essential oil in the wash just mm-hmm. to then, uh, again, clean them both energetically and also uh, physically mm-hmm. and gather. So while you're gathering all of that, the you know, your pillows and your blankets and your your tea and all of that, that you can then also be spiritually comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. I think it's so important. Like, I don't know. A lot of people feel like they still have to go full speed during the holidays, like with their practice, but that is not like just kind of finding the coziness and doing stuff that makes your house cozy is so important. It's not not realistic, like to our ancestors and to history in general. (laughs) No, this time of the year is for rest. Yeah. And we've kind of, yeah, we've kind of got away from that, but it is absolutely, and it is totally okay to say, I'm not going to go out and seize the day. I'm going to seize the blanket. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to seize the Netflix queue or the book that I've been reading. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) So speaking of hibernating, um, in your book, you talk about leaving your practice for a bit and coming back to it. Were there any specific signs that it was a good time to hibernate on it? And what were the signs to come out of it? Um, Yeah, it was uh, most of the reason why I kind of let my practice go to the side were um, because of external issues. Again, I was in that relationship that was not supportive. And um, I spent a lot of time um, in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that survival mode, uh, a lot of times you just don't have the time or energy to devote to your practice. And it wasn't until I got out of that relationship that um, after a while, after a period of recovery, uh, that I found um, I I felt like I was missing something like there was just something that was um, lacking in my life. And that's Mm -hmm. when I turned back to my practice. um, And that's about when uh, Hestia, uh, who had been sitting on the sidelines, uh, was like, "Okay, you're ready. Um, Okay, let's let's do this thing now. And it was all very uh, contingent upon external factors, but it but coming back was motivated by this idea of, um, okay, I have the physical side of my needs sorted out. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have this big hole in my soul where my my practice usually goes. And that's what that's when it, it was nice to, then rather than 
feeling like I was starting from scratch, that I could come back to Hestia and she was just there waiting for me. And it was like, um, I often say that Hestia has like big ant energy. <laughs> uh, so she, you know, was just kind of waiting there. She's like, I knew you'd come back. I knew you needed some time and space. And so now you're here. So let's get the work done. Oh, me too. So <laughs> I think I think that's so important, especially for I think a lot of people feel like they have to keep up with a full practice, like when they're mm-hmm. going through something emotionally, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's just not realistic. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that while yes, spell work is work, and witchcraft is a craft, <laughs> I think that people seem to forget that you know even in work, like literal work like our jobs right we still go on vacation (laughs) like we still you know have weekends off etc and i'm not saying that that's the necessarily the pattern that you should follow but my point is is that there are times for rest and there are times for work and i think that people forget that yeah exactly Um, so going off of books and you did mention early on that you have a crafting book um how do you involve crafting into your practice and spell work um it's the majority of my (laughs) spell work is crafting um i grew up in a family of makers Mm -hmm. and um i've always been a crafty person and i found um way back uh back when i um got divorced I was a single mother with a four-year-old daughter and I had been out of the workforce for four years so I was like and this was 2008 so (laughs) I was like oh my goodness what do I do um and I just was like I need something just to keep us afloat until my daughter starts school and then I can go and get a job and what I did is I turned to sewing And as I was, and I found myself incorporating magic into my sewing as I'd work. So like I would have, uh, if I was making stuff to sell, I would use um, green colored pins. So you have the, the, like the sewing pins where they have the colored tops. I would always use green colored pins to bring that into that kind of prosperity and money magic into what I was making. Yeah. Um, I I would find my... Yeah, I'd find myself putting like sigils on my sewing machine, like with marker, just, okay, I got this project I need to do and get done. So let's bring some sigils into here to help me keep focused. And it just kind of came naturally to me to start uh, viewing my crafting and my sewing and everything through a lens of how do I make this magical? And I think part of that was also because it was this idea of, Um, how do I incorporate magic into my everyday life Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to having it be something that I set aside and I do uh, Mm -hmm. on special occasions. I love that. I know that in in our Patreon Discord, we're constantly talking about the fact that you should make your magic work for you. It shouldn't be something that you are like forcing yourself to work with, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And so I think that this is such a beautiful example of exactly that. (laughs) Yeah, like finding magic in the mundane is such like a great way to create a sustainable practice. And especially when regarding hobbies, because you're already doing it and you already have a passion for it. So why not involve it in magic? It just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's uh, 
I often will say like with housework because housework is mundane and it's boring and repetitive and nobody likes to do chores. Um, (laughs) So I always urge people to find the magic in doing the chores. You're not just washing your dishes. You are cleansing them. You're not just uh, dusting. You are removing that stagnant energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's a way to incorporate magic into your everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand Um, percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What is your favorite, like easy witchy craft to do during winter that you think our listeners would love to take part in? Um, I love, I'm a big cross stitch and embroidery person and I love having, uh, when I'm making something, when I'm cross stitching something, uh, usually it's something to hang on my walls so that I can put intent with each stitch, um, I'm actually going to this uh, this winter. I'm going to learn how to crochet because uh, crochet and knitting are the two uh, crafts that I've never actually tried. Um, so I think stuff like that, where you work with your hands and it helps bring you back into your body, uh, because again, this is a time of rest. So if it's something that you can sit and so again, like the uh, making. Uh, doing cross stitch or embroidery knitting or crocheting um stuff like that where you can just kind of sit and uh focus on something it's almost meditative Mm -hmm. and i know a lot of people out there do those hobbies i crochet yeah yeah Yeah, and may not have uh thought about oh yeah i can turn this into an opportunity for magic yeah i love that and i i I think that these kind of home crafts these simple home crafts that like become a part of our everyday use like quilting a blanket crocheting a blanket crocheting a a, a cardigan I don't know Mm -hmm. um knitting one etc I think that when you kind of put that intent into things like what a special and just I don't know the right word here it's just such an intimate thing to do you know what I mean especially if you're giving it to somebody mm-hmm. yeah very and it's, special and it's like magic made physical and that magic will stick with you uh long after you've made it exactly so every time you use it you will remember I made this with this intention and it just renews that magical mm-hmm. energy absolutely um do you have any correspondences you tie into certain materials for crafting that you think that witches should consider when coming up with crafting projects oh yeah um actually in that book so witchy there is a whole couple sections on various uh magical associations for uh all of your different sewing tools and different Mm -hmm. items um i tend to uh i have associations for various materials so like silk is associated with the uh, element of fire cotton is associated with the element of earth stuff like that um but i think that for a lot of people because again this idea that we have this table of correspondences which uh is often a really good starting off point for people but i think people then kind of make that be their end point as well mm-hmm. um so i always uh, encourage people to then um, go beyond that and so look at it look at like okay I have these buttons and some of them are metal so that's and, and wood so that's like earth energy uh, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got uh, glitter and so that's kind of has this glamour energy about it and how can I use that in this thing that I'm doing um, 
I so I do personally have correspondences and I encourage other people to come up with their own uh, but if people need a starting off point that's where uh, the So Witchy book comes in to help them with that I love a book with like correspondences like that <laughs> a lot it's my favorite <laughs> it's very nice yeah but you're like a correspondence and symbolism queen <laughs> I am. I collect them. I find it very interesting, especially That's hearing other people's. Word. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I collect other people's correspondences. <laughs> but, That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a few of your favorite books in relation to home and hearth witchery. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So there's one that came out uh a year or so ago called hearth and home witchcraft which is by let me look i think this is jenny blonde yes jenny blonde um that one is great uh i also the one that first got me thinking about all of this uh about um how switchery and stuff was the magical household by cunningham Mm -hmm. um and then there is spinning, spinning spells and weaving wonders, uh, which is by Patricia Telesco, and that one has a lot of information about household um, uh, magic and working with that. I also any um, as a, as kind of not. I guess I'd say secular, but or non magical. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of books about hygiene. Uh, hygiene. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really good to start getting you kind of thinking about how you can make your home cozy um, mm-hmm. and then using your imagination to incorporate magic into that. Um, for those of us who are illiterate and cannot read, <laughs> um, <laughs> how would one perhaps spell that <laughs> if we um, wanted to look it up? <laughs> H-Y-G-G-E. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Some of us are very beautiful, but not smart. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, goodness. Um, well, I think that's all of our questions for you today. Yeah. This, oh, this was has been wonderful. Fun. Thank you so much for joining us. And before you leave, could you please remind our lovely listeners where they can find you and like some of your work so they can look you up? Oh, absolutely. So um, you can find me on Instagram and uh, I'm under idiorhythmic, uh, which is a word uh, that means living by one's own life patterns love that Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of my word um and you can find me on there you can find me on facebook with the same uh under the same name um again i have a book coming out about the sabbats on december 8th that's the natural home will of the year and i just finished up a workshop actually on working with hestia which uh you can sign up for free to watch the video of it um you can do it via you'll find the link to it on my instagram on my link tree there so um yeah people can and if people have questions or um anything about like Hestia or domestic magic or anything like that, they can always DM me via Instagram. I'm always, I'm happy to goob about this for like ever. (laughs) (laughs) And all of these, um, 
like links and stuff will be in the caption for those of you who are like me, illiterate, very beautiful, very dumb. It will be in the <laughs> caption so you guys can just copy paste it. <laughs> yeah, and you can find my books. Uh, you can find them online either from the publisher Llewellyn or you know Amazon, Barnes and Noble, those type of online places, or um, your local metaphysical store is a really great place to go and either order through them or the books may um, be on the shelf there and if they aren't you should request them not just for rachel's work but other people's work because small businesses matter and they need our support yes (laughs) Yes. 100 percent but yeah well thank you again for for joining us yeah thank you so much for having me this has been great this has been great So, Maria, what's stirring your cauldron this week? I think that was the sexiest voice you've Thank ever you. done, ever. Thank you. I did warn you before we started that I was going to sexually harass you did. your ears. You did. Um, you did a great job. Uh, apologies great job. to everyone. <laughs> I'm, well, then I owe a ton of apologies. I'm yeah, so you're sorry. kind of a scarlet woman. It's pretty sick. I really miss my calling as a phone sex operator. <laughs> you like Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. Discovering that when I got older was hilarious. So I mean, hilarious. It makes, it's so funny because it was right in front of our face the whole time. And yet... And yet we're ignorant. People are like, oh, kids watch the most ridiculous stuff nowadays. It's like, did you not watch Rocco's? Did Literally, you? <laughs> did, did, did you guys just miss Ren and Stimpy? Like, hello? <laughs> oh, no. Okay, 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 okay. Back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> so what is stirring my cauldron right now? Um, So I... I took a quasi week off last week. Um, just a, I needed a good health reset because I keep getting sick. And, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know, you know, like when you get sick a lot, your house just kind of like the junk like piles up. And yes, um, I mean, I've I don't never know. been sick in my life, but I've heard <laughs> that can happen. Okay. Uh, okay. I can't wait to hear what you talk about in the next section. But anyways. No, you about yourself and your own life. Okay. You're, I'm feeling attacked right now. <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. Like, it just felt like everything in the house was really stagnant. And so I, I don't know. I just cut out like all the winter decorations and spent time like decorating. Yes, I did this while sick. And yes, my wife did give me a hard time about it. But if it's not endometriosis pain, I'm, like it's fine <laughs> but it's so funny because I was basically all of last week doing stuff on my own time and mm-hmm. um completing things on my own time and it was just such a freeing thing and I think that's mm-hmm. what I crave and that's why like I get really overwhelmed really easily but I don't get overwhelmed when I do things on my own time um mm-hmm. and it's funny because when I was reading and I was reading my like I go to cafes and I like do like little read my witchy books and take notes and stuff like that and I'm currently reading um Hecate's Cave um and I came across the words Kronos and Kairos and Kronos is like sequential and measured time while Kairos is measured by the importance and depth of moments rather than duration and um, and I realized like 
how much like Kronos influences our lives because, mm. you know, we have appointments to keep. We have, we give ourselves deadlines to do things. And unfortunately, like a lot of them, well, some of them are imposed by jobs and stuff like that, but a lot of them are also self-imposed where we like, oh, I'm going to give myself this much time to do it. And if you're anything like me, it just makes you feel like you're in a box, claustrophobic, and then you end up not getting any of it done. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, and I just feel like be, being on that other time and allowing yourself to kind of like um, do things on your own time and mm-hmm. devote your time to certain products and projects until you are done with them. I'm and- devoting my life to products found at Ulta. <laughs> i don't have the money for that (laughs) (laughs) but um i don't know it was just it's just really funny how certain words pop up when you are um like going through something and i'm definitely Mm -hmm. i'm trying my very best to keep that mindset that i learned last week of doing things on my own time because i really do feel more productive and stuff like that um but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Very much culture. In. <laughs> so, Robin, what is not stirring your culture in right now? <laughs> the fact that you don't do this for a living. <laughs> I don't know. I'm that didn't came off as nasally and gravelly as I wanted to. It's a fine. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of what I was giving you a hard time about, go on, go on. Speaking go on. of that, um, and why it was that my sexy voice was so sexy, um, is because I am so sick of this weather gunking up my nose and making my nose runny i've had a runny nose for six weeks (gasps) six weeks and i was like coughing and stuff like that because there's like postnatal nasal drip Mm -hmm. and i'm just like who gave mother earth the right (laughs) to be this cold and damp I'm so glad I'm moving to England. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah, you're not totally not going to experience that there too. No. No. I'm going to get my nose removed. Um, Actually, a friend of mine posted that she's been doing red light therapy on her nose. Mm -hmm. Like, to help. And if she says it's working, she's like, I don't know if it's psychosomatic or not, but I'm like, (laughs) hmm. (laughs) <laughs> mayhaps we give it a whirl um cause like that's genius right if it actually works yeah I mean if it doesn't work they're not that expensive like the the ones for it's called nasal light therapy <laughs> not that I've looked into this it seems like, fake but okay go on <laughs> listen I'm desperate <laughs> um, they like literally are little plugs that go in your nose and like light it up and they're not that expensive for like if it actually oh my gosh, works you're gonna be so festive am i gonna be the sexiest woman in the world perhaps the, oh it's okay rudolph it'll be fine i'm gonna send you a photo of this right now you're gonna scream while we're on air right now i want everyone to get your live reaction of how psychotic this looks 
mind you, this is just an example, but this is like the vibe that all of them that all of them have. It's like these little like pegs that go in your nose for red light therapy. And oh, that's looks- so hot. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to say that I would be like so sexy, but I feel like the images speak oh, for themselves. But those are so long, like the lights themselves. It's like, are you going to be giving yourself like a COVID test? Like every I single time you put hope these that in? I, am. I honestly hope that I am. I went to the doctors <laughs> about my ongoing nasal drip and they were like, well, we have to test you for COVID. And I was like, I don't have COVID. And they're like, we have to. You've told us that you're sick. And I'm like, no. And they only have the kits that go to your brain. Mm hmm. I was the only ones that they had. And I was like, what if this was my last straw? <laughs> and she made me sit on my hands so I didn't slap her. <laughs> she was like, it happened. And guess what? I didn't have COVID. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> so yeah, that's what's not stirring my cauldron. Just what, what whether minute, having minute. the audacity. <laughs> Can I say that if you go to the page, you see people outside wearing this? Like it's completely normal. No, you're lying. Normal. Is that in the reviews? <laughs> advertisements like if you go down to like the product oh image gallery my god that is literally so funny he's just like walking he's like yeah i'm on a <laughs> stroll with my portable na- nasal red light therapy <laughs> that is genuinely so long though like this specific example like that is like an inch of t- red light tubes going right up to the cranium <laughs> i can't wait how exciting <laughs> If it works, though, I'm going to tell everyone. If it doesn't work, you'll never hear about it again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we demand pictures either way. If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. And this season, we started to incorporate a third option which mm-hmm. our listeners submitted ones um so these are just people that maria and i have been finding organically and we think you guys might think is cool too so that being said maria who is your first person well who is your person not your first <laughs> <laughs> my first person i might do multiple i'm just kidding it's me um, guys <laughs> i'm her number robin's one. always my choice <laughs> i'm her number one hello <laughs> but um so i recently got sent some really cute like witchy hair clips yes and i got them too <laughs> if you if you know me like if my hair isn't down it's in a claw clip and these are like super cute like there's like um no i'm obsessed <laughs> what a, like oh my gosh i'm trying to think i don't want to look at the thingy but they're like I have a triple moon goddess one, a broom, and there's a salt circle. Did you get the salt circle? I don't know. Let me look. Da, da, da. No. Uh, I got a salt oh. circle. I got Ouija board or planchette. I got a like, cauldron. Like a cute little out. cauldron. Yeah. Listen to us. We sound so stupid. But, <laughs> but they are really cute. And so if you want cute little witchy hair clips, I definitely recommend checking them out, especially if you live in them like me. You should probably tell them who it is because you haven't said it yet. Oh, I haven't? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was just so excited about them. But it's um, from Hey Ricochet. 
and it's, mm-hmm. that's all one word. And they're on the TikTok and Instagram. So, and one of the founders is uh, uh, from Moon Dust Press. Yeah, yeah, that does the which cute is, little children's is, book. Yeah, who does the children's book? So ten out of ten, love it. Mm-hmm. So, who you been loving? So there is one of my friends <laughs> sent me this. It is a purse by mm-hmm. a brand called Dynamic Doll. And I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about QB dolls before. If you haven't, then this must be your first day on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I collect QB dolls. It is a whole thing my husband wishes didn't happen. And Dynamic Doll is making purses that are QB doll heads that are bags. <laughs> and I've never needed anything more in my life. Like, I ever. Like, I like how you say that you are addicted to, like, you know, collecting them when you re- literally made one. I did. My child looks like a cubie doll. I know that yeah. you guys have no idea what my kid looks like, but trust me. They really <laughs> I literally li- love cubie dolls so much that I manifested one and my child looks exactly like a cubie doll. <laughs> And so I need this purse because picture me walking down the street with my cute little cupid doll purse and then my little cupid doll child and we're just like, ka-chow, ka-chow, ka-chow. <laughs> That'd be so cute. That would be so cute. So cute. Do you That's want so to funny. tell everyone who are listener choices? Sure. Um, so it is, I'm going to do my very best to do this, but I think it's... You can do it. I believe in you. Altimodal... Altamata Bridal? Yeah. yeah. Altamata Bridal, I think is it. Yeah. 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 And they have like super gorgeous veils. And yes. I am totally typing this in <laughs> right now. <laughs> so basically, specifically speaking, the one that we were sent is uh, called the Desert Rose Veil. Mm-hmm. And is like this long cathedral <gasps> veil. That oh, it's beautiful. Stars. It is stunning. Absolutely stunning. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I'm going to be a bride soon and I want to incorporate witchy stuff, uh, consider it because it's fucking gorgeous. Also, I it's would just wear this around the house. For your order, so I have no fucking clue how expensive it is. But I'm going to trust <laughs> the process and assume that it is definitely in my budget. Not that I'm getting <laughs> married anytime soon. Because it is fucking stunning. I would just wander around the house with it on. Literally so beautiful. 12 out of 10. Oh my goodness gracious. And ask the <laughs> wife if she wants to get remarried. So I can just wear that. <laughs> just for that purpose. Proposed to her. I have. Would you Why? remarry me again? <laughs> <laughs> Just weddings are so expensive and then COVID Weddings happens. are so fun. If I could, I'd get married every year. To the same person, obviously, <laughs> but so I would do it every year because it's so fun. They're so fun. I love them. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope to see you again on November 24th for our Coffee Talk episode or December 1st for the last big episode of season four. You can keep an eye out on our social media or head to our website, coffeeandcauldrons.com to find out more information and see what we are up to. And don't forget to join us on November 26th in Patreon, the library tearing up for a class with Nicholas Pearson on working with crystals, which will be at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't make the class, but you are 
interested in it, it is available immediately on the Patreon, like as soon as it starts. So mm-hmm. even if you can't make it or you're going to be late and you're really interested, something like that, um, it will be available to everyone library tiered up. Yeah. And additionally, our Patreon Magical Beginnings offers our special 25-minute part two episode, a huge library of articles about witchcraft, a Discord community full, 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 full of fun events and discussions. And we have a tier that offers one-on-one conversations with Robin and myself. Um, so please, if you love our sexy, sensual, just oh, chef's kids voices, I don't know if you guys heard, but I did a really good sultry voice earlier, so something to consider. <laughs> <laughs> please take a moment to review us on whatever streaming service that you are tuning in from, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love reading your reviews, and rating us with five stars helps us to be seen by others. Simultaneously, Spotify now has a feature where you can leave us feedback on each episode and engage with us, and we would love to read them so please do and thank you to everybody who already has and everybody who will in the future we really appreciate you and again this is coffee and cauldrons with robin from at a tired witch everywhere (laughs) and i'm maria from at maria the hurricane on everywhere everything (laughs) everything (laughs) Everything. (laughs) all right ready yep one One, two two, three. three